The board's determination was a judgment made after a hearing with witnesses and oral argument had been held and on the basis of written briefs. Such a determination should not be set aside just because a court would, as an original matter, decide the case the other way. But Justice Black and his colleagues are unfortunately long gone from the scene, and courts of appeals decisions dealing with the independent contractor exemption offer little positive assurance. For the most part, over the intervening years, the board has followed the approach set for it in United Insurance, which has helped to provide some protection for otherwise vulnerable workers who perform their services out of the presence of supervisors. The Supreme Court has not revisited the issue in recent years, but its treatment of the supervisory exclusion and its creation of a broad exclusion for those it deems managers suggest that it is unlikely that the court would approach the issue in the same realistic way today. The Managerial Exemption Broad as the definition of supervisor is, the court early on undertook to enlarge it in NLRB v. Bell Aerospace by creating a new category of excluded employees, managers, whom it defined broadly as those employees who formulate and effectuate management policies by expressing and making operative the decisions of their employer. In the Bell Aerospace case, the court held that the board erred in determining that the company's buyers, although managerial employees, were not supervisors and were entitled to unionize and bargain collectively. The buyers were not major executives of the company. The court described their duties as follows. The purchasing and procurement department receives requisition orders from other departments at the plant and is responsible for purchasing all of the company's needs from outside suppliers. Some items are standardized and may be purchased off the shelf from various distributors and suppliers. Other items must be made to the company's specifications, and the requisition orders may be accompanied by detailed blueprints and other technical plans. Requisitions often designate a particular vendor, and in some instances, the buyer must obtain approval before selecting a different one. Where no vendor is specified, the buyer is free to choose one. The Supreme Court held that to the extent the buyers were managerial employees, they were outside the definition of employees and not entitled to unionize. The court's opinion does not explain the basis for separating managerial from other employees, nor does it provide a useful standard for determining which employees are in fact managerial. After a brief and confusing tour through the legislative history and past treatment of managerial employees, the court concluded that, the legislative history strongly suggests that there also were other employees, much higher in the managerial structure, who were likewise regarded as so clearly outside the act that no specific exclusionary provision was thought necessary. We think the inference is plain that managerial employees were paramount among this impliedly excluded group. The court warned that following the board's current definition of employee, which covered managerial employees who did not have a labor relations role, would have far-reaching results. A wide range of executives would be included. A major company, for example, may have scores of executive officers who formulate and effectuate management policies, yet have no supervisory responsibility or identifiable conflict of interest in labor relations. If Congress intended the unionization of such executives, it most certainly would have made its design plain.